Are any of you thinking of starting a podcast? If so, you should definitely look into using Anchor. For starters, it's free. There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need for a podcast in one place. So go ahead and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's get back to the show. Out of respect for George Floyd and the protests being organized throughout numerous cities in the U.S. and beyond, we felt it important to first acknowledge all that is going on in our country. Regardless of race, ethnicity, and national origin, we must all use our platforms to show up for one another and especially to uplift marginalized voices. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Amateurs. I'm Bryce Barnes. And I'm Jaron Randall. And on this podcast, we look to give some insight on how to become a successful college athlete and also potential career paths within the sports industry that you should pursue. But don't just take our word for it. After all, we're We're just just a couple couple of amateurs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode. Today, we just wanted to give you guys a little bit of background on who we are and what our overall goal is for this podcast. Uh, so for me, I know that many other you know, college athletes may share the same experience, but from time to time, I'll receive a DM on Instagram or on Twitter from a high school athlete with questions about the overall you know, college experience, um, you know, how I made it to you know, become a college basketball player, what I did to get here, uh, what my workouts look like, et cetera. I know that many other high school players may have similar, if not the same questions. So um, our first goal with this podcast is to help amateur athletes navigate their way to and through college athletics by inviting other athletes on both current and uh, former athletes, you know, to tell their stories and to talk about their experiences and in doing so, giving some insight or tips on how high school players can do the same thing and, and make the most out of their four years. We'd also love to take that same approach to help athletes navigate their way into their careers after playing. I know so many um, high school basketball players or college basketball players or, or, or athletes in general who make it to their senior year and realize that they're not going to make it to the next level. And for some, that may seem like it's the end of the world, but I promise you it's not. Your life does not stop at, you know, being an amateur athlete or even an, an, an athlete in general. Um, and in saying that there are so many, you know, career avenues that you could, you could explore within a sport that you love and be just as happy, even more successful and, you know, have greater longevity, you know, on your career. So, you know, as I mentioned, we'll take that same approach in inviting um, sports industry professionals onto the podcast to give advice to, you know, us all on how we can follow their footsteps. But let's get into this first episode. I feel like I've been talking forever. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll go through and talk about our individual journeys leading up to this point as student athletes. Um, but let's, let's start by, you know, talking about, you know, where our love for the game came from. So, uh, Jane, you can kick it off. We'll put the ball in your hands. First off, that was a great intro into our first episode. Um, <laughs> we're going into, you know, my story. Um, my mom, she was into sports when I was younger. She put the ball in my hands and it just grew from there. I mean, from her wanting to coach, you know, my love for the game allowed her to coach me. And, you know, that's the big reason why I started playing basketball. So she had me in, you know, rec leagues, um, just trying to figure out ways to get her son better. and I mean, she did a great job. Um, my dad wasn't into basketball, uh, so my mom took the load, you know, pretty much with trying to teach me. Um, I remember being in the backyard. She te- she's telling me work on my left hand, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. So that's that's how I got started. Um, so then, you know, I, I kept playing. I played AAU um, 
for this organization called the Tigers. Um, you know, we were all young. I probably started playing around third grade and uh, we were playing up as well. So yeah, that's that's pretty much how I got introduced into basketball. I mean, my my yeah, for me it was my dad. He uh, initially I started off playing baseball. Um, his his longtime you know best friend Kirby Puckett, rest in peace. Um, you know they grew up together, so I started off playing baseball, and then he introduced me to basketball, and I ended up loving that. And at one point I had to choose between baseball and basketball, and I chose basketball mm -hmm. mostly because of AAU. Um, and Jared and I were, were actually on the, on that Tigers team together. We started playing AAU right. together so long ago. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was it was a lot of, you know, days in the basement, working on my handles with my dad, um, just watching games with him and, you know, just building that love for the game. So, you know, that's that's yeah. where I got my start as well. All right, so we talked a bit about, you know, AAU, and, and that was part of, you know, our start to basketball. But it really doesn't get serious until you get to high school. Like, hey, right. when you're younger, you just, you know, having fun with friends. Mm -hmm. um, you may start to get a little competitive there, but it, it gets real once you get to high school. So let's let's talk Absolutely. about, you know, the high school journeys and AAU and what that was like. All right, for me, starting off in high school, for the viewers that don't know, I went to Morgan Park High School um, located in Chicago, Illinois. I played for Nick Irvin, um, one of the best coaches in Chicago. Uh, one of my favorite coaches to play for, actually. And I also played AAU for Mac Irvin Fire. So it was kind of a bit of a connection between the two, you know. So that was a big thing for me, you know, going into high school and making a decision. Um, although I went to Simeon at first, uh, it, was, it, was, it was crazy going back to Morgan Park and, you know, dealing with that whole process. But that's, that's really how I ended up at Morgan Park, you know, playing AAU with the Irvins and creating a bond with Nick. And, you know, I just, I just had to make the change. So, yeah. I mean, for me, um, I'll start with AAU. I played for basically every top, you know, AAU organization in Illinois. I played with Main Streets. I played with D Rose. I played for Mac Irvin Fire. Um, and I played alongside and against some of the best, you know, players around my age, some of which are in the league today. Uh, but if I could stop right here, right here and get some advice, I would definitely, you know, tell you guys, you know, the big, the big name organizations do sound great, but you gotta, you gotta, don't, don't choose your team. Don't choose your AAU team off of, you know, the, the notoriety of the team. You don't have to play for the number one team in your state to get recruited and go division one. Um, it may seem selfish, you know, to look for a team where you're the, the, the best player or the highlighted player, but in all honesty, you have to, um, be pretty strategic when you're picking your teams. Um, that's your high school team, your AAU team, and honestly, you know, once you get to once you get to that college level, you, you may have to look into those, um, take those those factors into account as well. Um, like for me, for example, my 17U year and 16U, I played, um, you know, in the EYBL. Um, I went to Peace Jam twice, and I probably played in front of every Power Five, you know, coaching staff. Um, but they didn't really get to see me play because I played alongside so many Division One players. I think that probably close to 100% of our team went and played college basketball, if not Division One. So um, my role was diminished. I was more so a defender, backup PG type player, um, and you know I, I have more. I have more than my game than that. So you know I didn't get as many looks as I could have if I would have gone and played for an organization where I was, you know, the starting point guard and had a bigger role and things of that nature. Now, that doesn't mean you should, you know, not be a good teammate or accept your role for the greater good of the team.
But like I said before, you just have to strategically put yourself in the right situation um, when, you, when you're choosing the team. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us your favorite high school memory? Uh, I, think, I think that my favorite high school me memory, although I, I didn't have the AAU career that I would have loved to have or thought that I, I could have you know, had, um, just kicking it with you, um, Zach, who was one of our you know, closest friends at the mm -hmm. time, and um, really, you know, all the all the players that I, I've grown up playing with and against. That was just fun. Our last year, 17-year year, traveling around the country, playing together. Um, you know, that was that was just dope. those the memories we had we've had on the road. Uh, uh, <laughs> memories we still joke about to this day. So that's that's probably my Absolutely. highlight. Absolutely. What about uh, you? We also we also did pretty good our last year uh, on that team, Bryce. Yeah. When we were in Vegas, that was that was the highlight for me for AAU. Absolutely. For high school, it probably was probably was when I won a state championship as my sophomore year in high school. That was the big, probably the biggest moment, you know, for me. Um, a lot of people will probably say, you know, when I hit 10 threes and set like the state record or whatever, but winning that championship, winning was, was the best thing for me and the best feeling, especially coming from Simeon. Um, I felt like I had a chip on my shoulder. I had a lot to prove. You know, I felt like a lot of people counted me out and I wanted to make my statement, um, you know, along with Charlie as well. He was someone I grew up playing basketball with as well. So us being sophomores, us being young, being on that stage and being able to, you know, win. They didn't believe that, you know, we were going to win. So that was like that put I feel like that put me on the map, um, put us both on the map, you know, For and, sure, you know, the bro. rest was history. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm literally just realizing now how young y'all were when y'all won that yeah. first championship. Was yeah. that was that sophomore year? Yeah, sophomore year. Yeah, bro, that was crazy. Y'all were like the the best players on the team. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we also had Lamont, who was one of the Lamont is one of the uh, best players I played with, hardest working players I've ever played with. Josh too. Josh was a great leader. Both of them together, uh, and then the line he had a big play down there. Tory. Kane, like, I mean, ja, uh, Jamal, all of us together, uh, we all bought in. And that was one of the best team wins that I've ever had. I mean, we were down by 11, I think, and <laughs> we came back and won. So it was it was crazy. It was exciting, though. Um, I kind of skipped over my high school, uh, you know, career. But I played in the Red South, you know, same conference as Simeon and Morgan Park. You guys were actually our rivals, and that was kind of that was always fun to play against you. Mm -hmm. You know, being my best friend for so long, but getting to you know yeah. compete against each yeah. other twice a year. Um, Absolutely, you know, we went at it a lot. Even though I gotta admit, y'all knocked us out of the playoffs every year. Uh, but a highlight right. from just like my high school career was, you know, for one, having the opportunity to play varsity all four years, um, which you know isn't you know common. But um, and also winning the city championship my junior year alongside mm -hmm. you know Lawan Pipkins who mm -hmm. just finished his last year at Providence James Jones who went on to play at Buffalo, um, mm -hmm. so we had a, we had a pretty good team too had some success over there. But let's let's get into the recruiting process. Right, right. So what <laughs> what was your recruitment uh, like, man? From, from freshman year all the way to to uh, you know all the way through to when you made your decision. So like I said before, freshman year South freshman. So my sophomore year, you know, I, I it was rare for, you know, people to really have offers and looks being that young. So my recruitment picked up actually the summer of my junior year, um, my last year playing AAU, um, being in Vegas, being actually before Vegas, we were in Peace Jam. Um, I had a great Peace Jam showing. 
So going into Vegas, I had, you know, picked up some offers. Uh, I picked up Western Michigan offer. I picked up Northern Kentucky, um, NIU. And just from there, like, that's when my recruitment actually picked up, now that I think about it. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we'll go, go all the way through to, like, when you made your decision. I chose my college based off of receiving a full ride to school. You know, you have to sacrifice that being a student athlete. You might not be able to go to the school you want, but we all know that college is very expensive and being able to play division one itself is a blessing. So me being able to just receive a full ride and my parents not having to pay for school was the biggest thing. And I knew that I probably wouldn't be able to go to college. You know, honestly, my parents wouldn't be able to afford it. So I just chose a school that I, I thought academically, you know, they had my major. Um, it was a, you know, I, I took my visits and all that. Um, so my, the two schools that I was deciding between were uh, Northern Kentucky and Western Michigan. I really like Northern Kentucky a lot. Uh, they had a great campus. They had just went from D2 to D1, D1 but yeah. right. But the they, they were the only program, um, you know, no football team. So they were getting a lot of love. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it was a good, it was a great experience. I seen uh, Tyler Uglis was on, was on my visit. Uh, he was uh, he he was up there playing a lot with North Kentucky players. I mean, in that year, they went to the tournament. Uh, yeah. But uh, to make a long story short, I ended up choosing Western Michigan. Uh, I felt like it was it was somewhere where I could see myself playing. Um, the style, uh, Coach Hawk, he had been there for a long time. Um, the players, uh, Tom, you know, I'm Bryce. I mean, I met so many people that became, you know, some of my closest friends now today. So, I mean, that's how I ended up choosing the school that I went to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was. It, I was I was actually shocked when you uh, committed to Western Michigan because yeah. I remember you went on a uh, Northern Kentucky visit. You loved it. Your mom seems to love it, and I was like, mm -hmm. okay, he's about to you know commit. Mm -hmm. And if you would have, if you would have, we would have played in the same conference. So mm -hmm. that would have been crazy playing in the same conference as my best friend through high school yeah. and college. I mean, like you said, they they ended up you know going to the tournament and. Mm -hmm. Crazy enough, we were the team that they beat in the conference tournament to go to the NCAA tournament. So that would have been, you know, crazy. Crazy. But um, we also had the chance to play each other, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get into yeah, that later, right. probably. But we right, did play right. each other still in college. Right. Um, but uh, my my recruitment was kind of crazy. The the first off, my, well, I got my my first um, I got my first college offer uh, after my freshman year, after the freshman season. So the summer mm -hmm. going into my sophomore year. Uh, from a mid-major and you know of course when you get your first offer especially as a freshman we like okay so that's that's freshman year so yeah. like what you know what's what what is this going to look like moving forward yeah. uh and yeah, I, I remember that wall. too I hit a brick wall bro. I didn't get another call letter nothing until um junior year um mm. so that was that was tough and I went through you know a lot mentally you know, through that time, there were points where I didn't even know if I still wanted to play basketball. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough as a as a high school player. You don't you don't really, mm -hmm. you know, it's it, mm -hmm. you go through a lot. You go through a lot of ups and downs, basically. Absolutely. Um, but you know, after my junior season or towards the end of my junior season, um, I started getting you know more interest. And then during the live period that summer, I started getting you know a whole lot of calls, um, texts from coaches, um, mm -hmm. but they really weren't offered. And I know that a lot of you high school players may, you know, have gone through that same experience of getting the calls and getting excited, but then, you know, it never goes anywhere. Um, 
But, you know, eventually I, 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 um, I got to a point in my senior season. I had a, I had a really good senior, uh, senior season. Um, I ended up finishing, I think, all city, like second team mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, that's a big accomplishment, too. Yeah. Chicago yeah. is a tough city. Oh, for <laughs> sure. For sure, especially in the Red yeah. South. But uh, throughout, the, throughout my senior season, there was a point in time where my family and I just, we, we felt that it was best that I, you know, didn't finish the season out with my team and, and just chose from the schools that I, that I had already, you know, had offers from. And at that point, my, my best decision, my best, uh, you know, the best situation for me out of those, you know, few, the handful of schools is UWM, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Mm. Um, so I ended up committing there. Um, and I'll, I'll get into, you know, specifics with what happened, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> going yeah. into my freshman year. Um, right. But when, when you look back and, and, you know, and you think about all the things that you know now with, you know, college and playing, you know, college ball and the recruiting process and, you know, being four, like almost four years removed from that now, what, mm-hmm. how would you approach uh, recruiting now if you, if you were to do it again? Mm. Knowing what I know now, I probably, I might would have waited. Uh, I know a lot of, I know that's, it's a big risk. I mean, you know, I committed in the early part of the, the, you know, stage of my senior year um it's two signing periods by the way if you guys didn't know um but i i actually committed you know early and i don't i don't think that it was a a bad thing but you know you just never know what what could have happened uh i actually had a a great senior year as well and you know you just never know what schools could have came on you but you also taking a big risk because Mm -hmm. what if the schools that you had end up you know going for someone else so I mean, I, I think I would have made that risk. Uh, I would have took that gamble, looking back. For me, I, I'd say the same thing. I wouldn't have pulled the trigger so fast. Uh, I think that, especially as a mid-major player, it's not like you're a Zion Williamson where, like, co- college coaches are willing to take you regardless of, you know, who else commits. But, you know, as a mm-hmm. mid-major player, um, especially speaking for myself, you know, as an individual, I felt as though I had to, you know, make this decision, you know, like, pretty quick. I didn't want, mm-hmm. you know – the coach, the coaches to recruit another player in my position, and then that's it. But um, right. you know, if I was to do it over again, I would definitely, um, you know, just just wait it out and, and keep going. And at the time that I did commit, I had a lot of, um, you know, I, I was starting to get even more interest. Like my recruiting had hit another level. Honestly, it was still mid major schools, but they were way more, and they were in other regions. Um, and I, I did finish the senior, my senior year with my school. So I, I always said that I was just meant to go to University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee for some reason. Right. Um, so I, that's, that's my here. first tip. Yeah, that's my first tip. Well, that's, you know, that's how – that's the first fact that I'll take into consideration, just be patient with my time. Along with that, uh, just making sure you're 100% comfortable with the situation that you're going into. I wasn't – I, I kind of felt like I forced myself into that situation rather than me being, you know, comfortable with that and happy with that. Um, hundred percent as opposed to you know, like how I felt when I chose my school for, for graduate school as a grad transfer and we'll get into that later. Um, mm-hmm. and also I would definitely, um, recommend that, you know, you all reach out to when you're, when you're being recruited, re- reach out to the players that are, that are, you know, playing on that college team already. That's one thing that I would do as well. Um, and just figure out like what it's like going to that school um, what's the campus life like? What, what do we have a lot of, you know, support from the fans and the students, um, support from faculty academically, um, and just make sure it's a place that you want to be for the next four years. But um, with that, I think that the most important question that you should find out is what the coach is like. I, mm-hmm. 
you know, experienced so many, you know, I've had so many conversations with people that go to college and they end up being in a situation that they, that they, that they didn't even know that they would be in because the coach is way different, you mm-hmm. know, from the time that he's recruiting them to the time that they're on campus. So mm-hmm. ask the players, they have no reason to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, ask them, you know, what he's like in practice, you know, is he uh, a more encouraging coach or is he, you know, you know, on your back 24 seven, you know, um, is right, he a genuine right. guy? Like just, just, just try to figure out who the coach is, you know, um, behind <clears throat> a recruiting mask. That's, that's one thing. That's one, um, one factor I'd also take into, into uh, consideration. Hey, just to piggyback off what you said, uh, with recruiting guys, they're going to tell you a lot of, you know, what you want to hear and all that type of stuff, which is fine. But you have to do, you know, your own research. You have to, like Bryce said, talk to the players, get their feedback, and, you know, make your own decision. Don't just base it off what the coach is telling you. He he wouldn't tell you, you know, reasons not to come. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And each player, of course, is going to have a different experience, especially based on their, you know, role on the team. But it's, you know, great to ask those type of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for high school students that are looking to make it to the next level, do you have any tips for them. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna just say, I'm gonna just say a couple and then I'll, you know, run through them. So first, live in the gym. Second, secondly, stay on top of your academics. Mm-hmm. Third, be unique in your own way. And fourth, like we said, um, do your homework. That's so important. And then five, time management. So when I say live in the gym, I mean, try to develop your craft you know, be the be the best player that you can be prepared. You know what I mean? You know, you don't go to a test not knowing it, knowing the information. You want to know, you know, exactly which the areas you need to get better in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what I mean, you know, by living in the gym. Um, stay on top of your academics. Such a cliche quote, but it is so true because, you, you know, you won't even get the opportunity to play in college. I mean, you have to clear the clearinghouse. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big thing. Like staying on top of your academics is such a big thing. I've seen a lot of players have to go different routes. They they were highly recruited, uh, great players, but they had to go a different route just because of their academics. And you know they still ended up being great players, but it just you know they might have to do two years of JUCO or exactly. something like, that you can job. avoid. Right. Um, be unique in your own way. I mean, play to your strengths. Be a star in your role. I mean, Dennis Rodman made a career out of rebounding. You know, he's a Hall of Famer. And just do things that are always going to keep you on the basketball court. You know, whether that's being a great shooter, a great defender, um, the coach should be able to count on you for a reason. Why should he put you on the court? I feel like that's the question you have to ask yourself. And for me, it was shooting. You know, I knew I had more to offer. But in order for me to get on the court, I had to display what made me me. And then when I get on the court, I can show, you know, other areas that I'm, you know, gifted in or whatever. But, um, yep, so fourth, my fourth tip, do your do your homework. I mean, we hit on this. How many people play your position? That's a question you need to ask yourself. That's who a are great the, question. Right. <laughs> who are the main players before you get there? Um, kind of goes hand in hand with that, that one. Um, who started before you? Um, can the position open up for you? How is the playing style? I mean, those are super important questions that you need to ask yourself. Maybe watch a game. You know, a coach, like I said, might tell you one thing, but if you see the film, if he tells you that he's a, he runs a, a up and down type of offense, and you see him slowing the ball down, that's a sign. You know, this is not the place for me. So, 
you know, watching and doing your homework is so, so key with recruiting, um, the recruiting process. Uh, lastly, time management, you know, ask yourself, what are you doing? Ask yourself, are you doing everything you possibly can to make it to the next level? Don't cheat yourself. That's the worst thing you can do. You know, what does your leisure time consist of? Are you spending more time maybe on Instagram? Are you spending more time, uh, you know, doing other things that might not give you the leverage to be the best player that you can be or the best college player that you want to be? And this is what college is all about anyway. I mean, Bryce, you you know this. Oh, uh, sure. Anyone. Uh, so if you can master the concept at a young age, then, I mean, you've already you already game. Yep, absolutely. I can't I can't stress uh time management enough, bro. Um, like you said, you're gonna you're definitely gonna need it in college, so you might as well start now in high school. Um and, and just learning how to prioritize. You gotta you gotta know you gotta decide what you want for yourself, honestly. If playing a game all night, playing Call of Duty all night is more important to you than getting enough sleep to wake up and uh make it to the gym early in the morning, then you don't really want it bad enough. Um and that, that leads into my first tip, stay in the gym. You, you want to continue to work on your game. You have to identify. You got to be real with yourself and identify your strengths and weaknesses and, and work tirelessly, tirelessly at your weaknesses. Um, for small guards specifically, because I was a guard under six feet um, at about 5'10", 5'11", um, you, 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 you have to be able to guard and you have to be able to knock down an open shot. So, and also make your teammates better. But, you know, specifically, while you're in high school, you know, you want a diverse skill set, but those those few things, be able to knock down a shot, work on your catch and shoot three, um, focus on defense, take pride in defense, um, work on your leadership as well, because at the point guard position, especially as a, as a college player, you're an extension of the coach. So you have to be able to lead, be vocal in practice, work on, um, this is one thing I did, I, and I waited to college to do this, and I had to, you know, have college coaches tell me I'm not being vocal enough, but just try to, Make, challenge yourself to talk throughout the entire practice, even if that's just like good shot, good shot. Back on even like little things you might think that it's stupid, but it's going to carry over. You got to be vocal as a point guard mm-hmm. and make sure just just having a great work ethic. Honestly, uh, for me, there were I think my freshman year and my senior year, I would actually get to school um, an hour before the workout. Like that's how bad I wanted to to go D one, and uh, I mean it paid off. So just make mm-hmm. sure you got you stand in the gym, got a great work ethic. And uh, I mean, you'll see the results, honestly. Um, my second tip is to make sure that you're going into the right situation. I'm, I'm probably going to stress this <laughs> every chance I get, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you don't have to play for the you know, highest ranked AAU team or high school team to get recruited. Um, mm-hmm. Strategically pick your team. I'm, I'm telling you, strategically pick your team in your schools. But most importantly, um, stay in your books. Jaren said this mm-hmm. as well. You have to pass, you know, through the clearinghouse. It's student athlete, honestly. It's student athlete. You got to be a student first. College coaches, if you, they can't play you, they they can want you to play as bad as as bad as they, you know, mm-hmm. bad as they want to. But if you don't clear, you can't play. So none, nothing, of, nothing else yeah. even matters. Um, I'd even challenge you all to try to get straight A's, you know, in high school. That's impressive to me. So um, take pride in your learning, stay in the gym, and make sure that you're putting yourself in the right situations for high school, college, AAU, um, et cetera. So now that you, you bring up the college experience, can you tell us what was some of the highlights or highlight, if any, for your college career? Uh, the highlight, 
Uh, all right, so it's it's tough because I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to pick between my freshman year. We went to the conference tournament, and I'll I'll we'll get into that next. You know what happened my freshman year, but that was like huge. There was no way we were supposed to make it that far, and we were on like uh, I think we were on first take. Like it was a, it was a big deal. We were the last seed in our conference. We made it to the conference championship. So I'm trying to choose between that and honestly, my entire grad year this past season was honestly like the best you know, year, you know, for me, sports-wise ever, probably since I was young. It, you know, like the the joy you feel playing when you're like a kid mm-hmm. and like nothing else matters, you're just out there enjoying yourself. I felt that again this year. So those are, are my two highlights. Uh, what about you? Uh, just the, before I say that, before I say anything about that, I think that you you said something that, that covers all areas of sports. I mean, whether you're playing football, basketball, baseball, soccer, like have fun. At the end of the day, you don't want to dread what you're doing. You're already going to have enough stress on you being a college athlete. Let that be your time to unwind and, you know, clear your head. Let the, the court, the field, let that just be a space where you could just be yourself and, you know, just have peace, honestly. That's what I believe for me. You know, when I when I step on the court, it's just like I get to tune everything else out, whatever I'm going through, and I can just lock in and focus on, you know, what I need to do to help my team win. But to go back to the highlights of my college career, I would say I'm probably torn between two. Um, my freshman year, we went on a 12-game winning streak, and that was that was awesome. Um, I mean, we we battled that whole season. I mean, we lost a lot of games, uh, no less than like two points, two to three points. Like you know what I'm saying? We lost a lot of a lot of close games. Uh, we were pretty good that year, and people actually thought the following year, my sophomore year, that we were going to win you know, the whole thing, because we had pretty much everyone coming back. Um, so it was definitely between winning 12 games straight and playing at UCLA. That was just the best experience mm. that, you know, you could have. Just And that's when Lonzo Ball was there. You know, UCLA was loaded. I mean, the crowd just into it. Um, man, that was just a crazy experience. That whole trip, we had like a West Coast trip. We went to, UC, we went to Washington first, then went to UCLA. That by far was one of the best trips that I've ever had, you know, being a college athlete. So that's always fun too, going to the big schools, like the the mm-hmm. power five schools and playing, especially a huge program like UCLA. Mm-hmm. Like you you dream of of playing on stages like that. And to get right. to play against, you know, a, a future lottery pick is mm-hmm. is just, you know, can't beat that. Um right. but let's talk let's talk, let's start off by talking about our freshman, you know, our freshman year. Um I guess I'll kick it off. Uh so my freshman year was a roller coaster before I even stepped on campus. The um, <laughs> the coaching staff that I committed to, uh, they were let go before I even graduated high school. So like, uh, I think it was honestly like less than a, a month before I graduated. So that was tough for me. I didn't know if I was still on my scholarship. I thought that I would have to go through the recruiting process, all you know, all over again, um, decommitting and everything. But you know, the AD she reached out to me personally and said, you know, no, you still have your scholarship, everything, and I'm extremely thankful for that. Um, and I still could have, you know, decommitted and and uh, you know went through the whole process again, but I didn't. That was just, you know, it was a lot going through that, so I didn't want to do that again. Um, so I ended up, of course, you know, going to UWM. Um, but one thing that I didn't understand is the importance of the relationship between, you know, player and the coach that recruited you. Because the new coaching staff, as they had every right to, they continued to recruit and they ended up bringing in a player, uh, you know, that plays the same position as me. 
And, you know, basically, you know, I'm behind the A-ball at this point. Uh, you know, coaches, as you will see in college, the players that they recruit, they're going to promote them, you know, as they should. They recruited them there to play. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but my freshman season was pretty tough. Um, I felt like no matter what I did, I was never able to get more time. Um, and to speed things up, you know, I was I was never, you know, really given the opportunity. But I was, you know, for a freshman, I still, you know, had, had a great, you know, year. Mm-hmm. I only played around 12 minutes a game, but an average four points. But I, you know, shot 42% from the field, 45% from three. But even then, I wasn't even considered, you know, a shooter. I wasn't encouraged to really shoot the ball when I was out there or really do anything. Um, so, you know, with that, you know, as a team, we were really bad, honestly. Um, like literally whenever we won, it was a surprise to all of us. Like we were way too happy to win a game. Like that's, that's how bad it was. Um, and we finished last in our conference, but you know, as I, as I hinted to earlier, uh, we, we, we almost made the NCAA tournament. We, uh, mm. were the last seed in, in, in our conference tournament with the last seed in our conference and ended up you know, going through everybody. And we didn't play, you know, the bottom of the barrel teams. We played some some of the best teams in our conference and, and, and beat them and made it to play Northern Kentucky in a conference championship on ESPN, which was like a crazy experience. I, you know, even though we lost, I had, you know, I got back to my phone and I had way more notifications than I was used to. People saying that, you know, like I saw you on ESPN playing blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I didn't even, I honestly didn't even know we were playing on ESPN, but that was just, that was just nuts to me. Um, the media back in Milwaukee, you know, we're, we're super excited, you know, interviewing our coaches and everything. Um, so that was my freshman year in a, nuts, in a nutshell. But before I move on, um, I just want to give a little advice to anyone that's going through that situation where you have a role, but you know that you, you have more to offer. Um, so first, I just want to say do not, do not, do not, do not lose your confidence. Because without your confidence, you might as well give up. Confidence is, is, to me, the most important, you know, aspect of anything, really. It, it transcends sports. You have to believe in yourself no matter, you know, who, who doesn't, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, two, as tough as it may be, you have to, you have to put your team first. Um, the last thing you want to do is be a distraction to the team. That's only going to make matters worse. Um, mm-hmm. Three, be transparent with your coaches, uh, but make sure that you do that in a, in a respectful way. So, Throughout the season, you know, you you might be you might have opportunities to, depending on the coach, have one-on-one meetings with them. And, you know, just let them know, you know, uh, how you feel basically. But as I said, be respectful with it. Um, ask them how you can, you know, improve your role. What do you need to work on? What things aren't you doing right? And you have to put the put the work in behind that too. You can't just, you know, be going to a coach asking for more time or a bigger role and you're not in the gym working. Um, so, and also. Um, at, in your end of, end of the year meeting. So for high school players that don't know, um, I think this is for every college uh, program, you'll have a meeting with your coach one-on-one before the season starts and then another one after. Uh, so in your end of the year meeting, you know, just, just you know, tell him, you know, how you felt throughout the entire season um, and ask him, you know, what's, what's his plan for you moving forward? And if you don't like that plan, then it may be best for you to, you know, transfer and, and find another opportunity. Um, but, yeah, don't be afraid to, you know, be honest with your coach and ask those questions in those meetings. That's one thing that I didn't do during my time Same in college. Here. I just, you know, I think that as um, college athletes, you were 18 through 21, you still, you know, you're, you're an adult, but you're still a kid at the end of the day. So you have that certain respect factor 
what you should. And uh, sometimes we're afraid to speak up and, and say how we feel. But if you do it in a respectful manner, then you have every right to. And um, also, they'll respect you more knowing that you're not going to just settle for anything. anything. Now you, you put the pressure on them. So yeah. that's a great point. Yeah, and then my, um, another point, don't take anything out on your teammates. Um, I've never, I've honestly never done this, but I've seen plenty of times where two players are feuding and they don't like each other off the court because they're, you know, competing for the same spot on the court. And that's just stupid for me. At the end of the day, y'all are teammates, brothers. So, I mean. I've seen that a lot too. Yeah, exactly. It happens all the time. And that can break up a team um, and, and mess up you all's, you know, potential as, you know, as, mm -hmm. as a team overall. Um, like I said, you don't want to be a distraction. And my last point, my last tip is uh, to be careful who you listen to. In my experience, you know, parents, friends, um, even the team's fans, even some of my own teammates were in my ear, like, you know, why aren't you starting? Like, you, you, you're better than him. Uh, are you leaving after the season? Things like that. And mm -hmm. you can't, you honestly can't listen to that. They're not there 24-7. They don't know everything that's going on. You just got to finish out the season strong, keep working hard, and, and uh, you know, work that out later on. Right. Um, so that was, that was great, Bryce. I think for me, going through my freshman year, freshman year was kind of a roller coaster. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. I got the opportunity to play behind uh, this, this one of my good friends, Thomas Wilder. We'll have him on the show as well. Yep, yep. Um, but he taught me a lot, man. I mean, he, he worked he worked his butt off. He was one of the most hardest working players that I've ever seen from the day that I stepped on campus. Uh, I mean, he, he lived in the gym, you know, most college athletes have to be back in the summer. So he took that summer and I mean, he was in there like three times a day. I mean, <laughs> dragging me in there, you know, the little freshman, I'm, I'm going in there trying to absorb as much as I can because we knew that he was, you know, he was, he was going to be a pro. He could have left really after his junior year. But um, so my, so my, my freshman year, you know, it was, it was a learning um, experience and, that kind of molded me into the player I am today. Uh, you know, I, I always had that work work ethic, but um, just seeing Tom uh, work like that, man, that, that that inspired me to, you know, want to live in the gym as well. So my freshman year, I I played probably on average like 10 minutes or a little bit more, you know what I'm saying, than 10 minutes. But I, it, it was just, it was a roller coaster, man. I, you know, I was I was coming in for him. Um, some games I'll get hot, have to come out. You know what I mean? So it was kind of crazy. Um, you know, playing behind a pro, really. Yeah. Like, what's the odds of you know going to a mid major and yeah. literally just playing behind a pro? So that was that already you know kind of. Um, it was hard for me to accept that, but I I think that I handled the situation um, very well. I I always gave my all. Um, I always, you know, I was talking to the coaches and just seeing ways that I could get better, asking them when I'm in the game, what exactly are you looking for? You know, just so I'll have, you know, a map of, you know, I'll know exactly what to do. Um, and so, yeah, so my, my freshman year was, it was pretty cool. And going into my, my, going into my sophomore year, man, I, I worked so hard that summer. I was getting up at like five in the morning, going to go live uh, with one of my, you know, other close close friends to me, uh, Tim Brennan. Uh, you know, Bryce was we worked out that whole summer as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, we were dedicated. I'll have a, a lift in the morning, work out probably about six every day, uh, if not every day, every weekday. And so I was ready. I mean, 
how I put on the pounds that they told me to put on. I was a real dude. Uh, I put on like 10 pounds that summer. I came back and I thought it was, you know, it's time. It's, I'm ready to go. You know, I had that first year under my belt. So, um, okay. So to fast forward to, you know, my, my sophomore year, things didn't really go, you know, as I thought they would, you know, I, I played, my minutes actually went down. Another guard came in. Um, we both were cool. We both were playing spot minutes. I mean, you know, it's, it's nothing that you could really do playing behind a pro, like I said. So my sophomore year, my numbers were, you know, they were bad. And it's just, you know, mentally that just does something to you when you got you got the drive. You want to be great. You know what I'm saying? You're putting the work in. That's so That's it was, it's, it's just tough. Mm -hmm. It's just tough. You know, I, I, I definitely show resilience, though. That's one thing that basketball, sports in general, will teach you. Uh, like, no matter what you're going through, like, it's, it's light at the end of the tunnel. And you just have to keep going. You have to keep pushing. Um, don't get sidetracked, like Bryce said. Don't listen to the negative. Don't listen to the negative thoughts in your head. Don't listen to people telling you you should be doing this, you should be doing that. Just be patient, and I guarantee you that it's, it's light on the end of the tunnel, as long as definitely. you keep having the same work ethic. Definitely. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, two years. and and to go back to uh, what you said about you know having to play uh, behind a pro, I know that that was especially tough for you after coming from Morgan Park, winning state mm -hmm. titles, being right. one of the best players on the floor every time you step out there, having free range, being able to shoot, you know, having an ultimate green light. Mm -hmm. Going from that to playing behind someone, having spot minutes. It's it's tough. I know it's tough for me. I wasn't even used to coming off the bench like that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, high school players, you you have to, you know, I mean, if, if, if that's not your role your freshman year, that's not the end of the world. Um, you just got to, you, you know, work through it. You got to almost, I'm not saying to expect to come off the bench or not to have as big of a role as you did in high school, but you, you shouldn't be surprised if, if you, if you mm -hmm. do. It's, it's not common right. to come in and play 30 minutes as a freshman. Um, but uh, to, to go into, you know, my next season, uh, our, our coach, he actually got a job at his alma mater. Um, you know, after our huge conference run, you know, he, he was able to have more opportunities and he got that job and, and he took it. Um, and so the coaching staff coming in, the, the head coach, you know, he, he of course called all the remaining players uh, many of the, you know, many of our, our, our teammates left as, you know, players usually do when there's a coaching change. But uh, he basically told us that he's making no promises to anyone. Whoever is, you know, producing and working the hardest, then that's who's going to play. And my eyes lit up because this is, this, is this is what I've been waiting for, you know, uh, uh, an opportunity to just, you know, outwork. Because that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's just in my blood, just to outwork, you know, everyone mm -hmm. else, you know, in my position. So... Like I said, my eyes lit up. I went on to start basically the entire season my sophomore year. Um, I actually battled, battled a few injuries, so um, there are a few games where I didn't start. But we had a pretty, we had a better season in our fresh than my freshman year. Um, we actually beat Loyola, and this was the year where they made that that um, historic run in the in the NCAA tournament. And then we also beat Iowa State, which is you know a pretty you know big school, um, in their home opener by about 18. So. We weren't mm. like a push around team anymore. We were starting to build, you know, build our confidence culture. and mm -hmm. yeah, build right. our culture and, yeah. and things like that. So that was that was my sophomore year. So moving on to my junior year, um, you know, I, I thought that it was time for me to leave Western, and you know, I went through a lot with that that whole thing. You know, wanting to go back Division One, um, 
having having that in my heart, like knowing that I am a Division One player, knowing that if I just get the opportunity, you know, I'll be able to show what I can do, you know, on that stage. Um, I when I did have the opportunity, when I when the opportunity was presented, I did make the most out of that. So I knew that I'm a Division One player, and um, you know, I, I didn't want to go, you know, <laughs> no lower than that. Yeah. But the thing is, when you're transferring, you have to sit out. And so a lot of schools, you know, that, that were interested in me, you know, they just didn't want to pay for me to sit out that year. And uh, that was one of the biggest things. That was one of the biggest issues, uh, you know, with me transitioning into, uh, you know, the school I'm at now, which is Davenport University. So, you know, it was it was tough, honestly, that whole summer, just trying to, you know, keep working and trying to figure out, you know, what's next. Um, but that's, I mean, that's the faith that you got to have, you know, the un faith in knowing something's going to happen even when you don't know what's going to happen. And so I ended up choosing Davenport University late uh, that summer. And, you know, I thought it was a, a great decision. I was able to stay in Michigan. I still had a lot of friends that went to Western, so I, I was only like 45 minutes away. And like I said, I just felt like, you know, it was a, I felt like I, I was able to build, you know, a family with the coaching staff as well. You know, they knew me, they knew my parents. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I established a great relationship with them personally. So that was a big thing for me. And so I had to, I had to sit out my junior year, uh, you know, basketball wise, I had to sit out just because academically when I switched schools, the, the credits didn't transfer over all the way. And then this past year, I was able to play, which was my junior year. I only played 12 games. I, I ended up breaking my foot. So, you know, college has been definitely a roller coaster for me. Uh, I, I've only played, man, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had that, you know, great experience really with college just because I've been through so much and then I've, got, I've been injured. So that's just, you know, a little bit about my story, uh, you know, with dealing with college and everything. So, I mean, I definitely commend you. It's like you have gone through a lot through your entire career. And honestly, I, I, I know for sure that, your, you know, your next season is going to be crazy. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for my, my junior season, we had almost a completely different team. People, you know, transferred again. Um, I think that we only had three peop three players, including myself. I mean, we had four players, including myself, going into my junior year. Um, so, of course, you know, they had to recruit and everything to fill the roster slots. Um, but we finished under, you know, 500. We were just an okay team. Um, but that year I graduated with my bachelor's degree um, and decided that I wanted to explore my options, you know, as a grad transfer. Um, so my plan coming into college was always to graduate in three years. And, uh, you know, like as a, you know, college athlete, um, I know it's not for every sport, but for um, basketball, I believe football as well, you get four years, um, you know, of eligibility and you know, as a full ride, you know, scholarship recipient so I w it was always my plan to finish in three and then get some of my master's degree paid for so um in doing so uh during my uh my, pro my process of transferring and you know going through recruitment again I was honestly looking for a school that you know was respected academically and would challenge me academically and honestly prepare me to be a professional and not not on the court but just a professional um you know for for postgrad you know I was I was mm -hmm. 21 at the time, you know, I'm starting to, you know, definitely think, think more. life after basketball. Yeah, life after basketball. So, um, ultimately, I ended up, you know, at William & Mary for my final year. My final season was great. And um, it was, like I said, it was 
like honestly the first time I was 100% happy with that, with where I was since maybe I started playing basketball it was it was it was, was it was great and I I can attest to that just seeing you just enjoy the game like I said uh, early in it's just was it was amazing man I was just so happy for you just knowing everything we've both been through uh it's just man it was just amazing to see you just be happy and just play you know no worries just enjoy it and then you're getting uh you know a great education on top of that so it's just (laughs) yeah I couldn't I couldn't beat that I I mean I can't I can't thank my coaching staff coach Fisher and the rest of the staff um Samantha Hughie the AD I can't thank them enough for that opportunity that was I couldn't. I couldn't have asked for a better situation. Um, but uh, moving on to tips on how to make you know the most out of, your, out of your college experience. What do you What do you have for the current college players or future high school players once they get to the school on how to make the most out of their experience? When I think through this, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can say, but a couple that stuck out to me was you know be yourself. You have to be true to yourself and. and your most don't don't compromise your morals for anything or anyone be your authentic self and you know just just be you don't go into college trying to be you know something you're not or don't get sidetracked either by you know partying or like all that's fun enjoy your experience but but just try to get the most out of that and then you know that just that that goes with being yourself you know what i mean just knowing who you are what what you came there to do you know you the journey doesn't stop just by going to college like you also have goals, you know, set for yourself. Um, believe in yourself and your ability is, is tip number two. Don't let a coach mold you into, into what they want you to be. You have to learn, you know, how to listen to what they say and buy into what they're teaching. But at the end of the day, you know, this is your experience. And you also have goals and expectations for yourself that you want to accomplish, um, you know, and how you carry yourself is how you think of yourself. You know, you can't expect a coach to give you a level of a certain level of respect if you don't demand it. You know, you don't want to look back on your career and say, I wish I would have. Those are like, those words, those five words are a cardinal sin. <laughs> uh, tip number three, get the most out of your college education. I can't stress this enough. Um, I know me, I, I went in, I went in college not really focusing on it too much. You know, I was just basketball, basketball, basketball. But um, I'll talk about this later. But me going into Davenport just opened up my eyes. Uh, to so much you know more um and then you know you're you're going to you're going to get a full ride with no college debt like I mean it doesn't get any better than that (laughs) and And I don't I don't think you understand that until I mean you get to college and you you get closer to that time where where it's time to graduate man that's that's huge that's huge no matter where you are getting that degree with no debt is man yep uh, I was looking at this stat one day, according to the college board, you know, the average student debt is $26,900 per year. I mean, that's crazy. You know, just you're getting a free education. And most of the time when you're playing basketball, you know, you're, you're probably going to a great school academically. You know what I mean? You know, it's a, it's a division one school. So um, just knowing that you have to take advantage of that and make sure that you know, you have a connection with your advisors you, so that you can graduate on time. Yep. So those four years are going to go by so fast. And before you know it, you'll be figuring out your next steps and journey in life. Uh, tip four, plan all the way to the end. I mean, this is so important. I like to think of it as beginning with the end in mind, you know, mm-hmm. meaning, meaning that, you know, you have to have a clear vision of your destination. 
and then plan from there. I mean, this is so important. Everyone thinks that, you know, they're going to go to the NBA or play professional, but that's just not the case. You know, have a thorough plan mapped out, maybe create a vision board and literally write out a plan for basketball, whether that's going to the NBA or playing overseas, and then map out a plan for your career. Uh, one of my coaches always told me that you are only one injury away, you know, from never playing basketball again, you know, God forbid. But you can't expect your coaches to figure out things for you once your career is over with, you know, because after you leave, it's it's the end of that. And, you know, they're right back to recruiting, right back to the cycle of recruiting players and on to the next group. Uh, and then lastly, you know, build your network. Um, mm. This is this is probably something that coaches should do more of and, and, and express this a lot. This is so important because you never know when you're going to need someone to help you along your journey. You know, all it takes is for someone to know you and open up doors that might have not opened if you didn't know them. And if you don't get anything out of college, just meet as many people as you can. I mean, I can't, I can't stress this enough. So, yeah. I mean, those are, those are some great tips. I, man, I mean, I think you, you might've hit all of mine. Um, <laughs> try to set some goals for yourself before you even step on campus um, so that you know what you're working towards. I'm big on visualization and speaking, you know, things into existence. Mm -hmm. um, I know that not everyone believes in that, you know, it's the power of the universe and, <laughs> Just, you know, being able to speak things into existence, but even having that confidence that, you know, it's going to happen because you're saying it every day. Like, the, the more you say something, the more you believe it. So if you're saying every day, like, I'm, I'm going to lead my team to the NCAA tournament, you believe that, you, you're building that, that, you know, into your mind. And, I mean, your work ethic is, is going to follow that. You're going to want to, you know, live up to it. Mm -hmm. So I say uh, do this for athletics and academics. Um, again, I'm huge on making the most out of your, you know, opportunity academic-wise. Uh, I would honestly challenge everyone to try to finish in three years. I know that everyone's, you know, program isn't the same. Not every business, I mean, not every degree, uh, you know, finishes in, in four years. So, uh, but just try to make the most out of that. I mean, getting a master's degree is, a, is, is great, you know, so don't, don't count that out. Just try to think about that. I know it's tough as a freshman to, to kind of think about those things, but try to take those things into consideration. Um, also, use your resources. Darren just talked about it a little bit, but talk to your academic advisor. That's who I went and sat with to map out my plan uh, for graduating in three years. Um, the alumni system, like, they want to help you. They literally want to be around you and want to connect with you. And they've been where you have been, whether they played a sport at the school or have just, you know, gone as a, as a student. Um, but, you know, they're, they're probably doing maybe things that you may want to do one day or know someone that does, and they'll be able to connect you down the line. But you have to build mm -hmm. those connections, you know, while you're there. Um, and also uh, make connections outside of your team also. I think that that's one thing that I failed to do. It's easy to, you know, only talk to people that look like you or have the same experience as you, but get out of that. Um, mm -hmm. You want to expand your horizons, meet people from all these different backgrounds. That's what college is about. Um, mm -hmm. And also prioritize. You got to – you got to – you will see when you get there. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's inevitable. You have to learn how to prioritize your time and, and, and your, your obligations. And, and that, honestly, that should be school, your sport, and then whatever comes after if you have time yeah. for that. Um, but those are, those are my, my tips on how to make the most out of your, your college experience as a student athlete. Yep. Uh, those are all great too, Bryce. Uh, what are three skills that, that you learned, you know, as an athlete? that will probably carry over into, you know, your next journey. 
I think they I think that they definitely will carry over. I think that a lot of things that you learn as a student athlete transfer seamlessly into, you know, just being a professional in any field and in life in general. But first is is the work ethic. I mean, you have Absolutely. no choice. If you if you've made it to Division One basketball and or Division One in any sport, you have to have a certain mm-hmm. level of you know your work ethic, um, and that's just going to carry over, you know, into you know your next stage in life. You gotta, you know, you gotta be willing to put in the extra work and and outwork people honestly for what you want. Um, honest and also the uh, the constant need for improvement. For me, I don't feel comfortable when I'm you know feeling stagnant when I don't feel like mm-hmm. I've I've gotten better. Uh, my mm-hmm. dad used to tell me this quote when I was growing up. Uh, he would say, try to get better, um, try to get 1% better at something every day, and that's a day worth lived. And I, I carry that over into, you know, my life after basketball. Um, so, you know, just, just continuing mm-hmm. to, to, to work on your skill set, whether that's, you know, with your sport or it could be, you know, communication, mm-hmm. um, leadership, all, all, all these different things. It carries right over. And then also teamwork. A lot of things, especially in today's world, um, a lot of careers are, are team-based. So just having experience with that, you know, even mm-hmm. if you, you know, play an individual sport, like baseball is considered an, an individual sport, but you're still on mm-hmm. the team. Um, track, you, that's still a, you know, you might run by yourself, but that's still a team sport. Like all of these things, you know, prepare you to work, you know, individually and with others. So those are three skills that I know for sure will carry over and help me. In a professional realm. Yeah, I, I like those a lot. Uh, you know, a couple of them. Uh, a couple of them. You know, correspond with mine. Uh, my first one of the the skills that stuck out to me that Bryce said work work ethic. I mean, you you just gotta have a crazy work ethic. Like, I mean, I don't see how you would expect to be good at something and you don't put in the work. You know what I mean? Uh, even looking at the Michael Jordan documentary, Mike was the best basketball player. You know, arguably that we'll ever see. And he just had a crazy work ethic. And I feel like that would definitely transfer over into the field, you know, which we'll talk about a little later uh, in our fields of where we want to work in. I think being resilient, that's another thing, you know, knowing that things might not go your way, but just just be patient. Um, Just know that your blessings are coming and just, I mean, just, just try to smile. I mean, you know that when you're going through something, that something is on the other end is developing. You just got to know that. Yep. As long as you stay true to yourself and you continue to work, I mean, it's, it's only a matter of time for something to happen. Uh, and then leading, like Bryce said, being being working with the team, being a leader, being a winner. I mean, highly success, highly successful people get the job done. Let's just be honest. I mean, either you're a winner or you're not, right? So I'm a believer that in, in your approach to sports, it's the same as in real life. You know, meaning your character and your work ethic carries over in the real world. If you're the type of person that 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 wants to sleep in or you know during during a break or whatever you you don't want to get in the gym you know what i mean you you'll you'll sleep in an extra few hours or whatever and that'll transfer over to the work world you won't go the extra mile for the, for your job you know you won't you won't do those extra necessary steps that'll separate you from you know your peers and i think those are the three things that i i've learned and that will carry over to definitely my next journey so so you talked a bit about your journey after basketball what does that look like for you what do you plan on doing uh my goals after basketball wow I this this is crazy because going like I said going into my my freshman year of college I I didn't think nothing of it (laughs) but you know I've 
going to, going transferring into Davenport was like the biggest thing for me. You know, it, it taught me a lot about myself. You know, I feel like I I shedded a lot of layers of who I was and became, you know, somebody that understood who he was, someone that, you know, saw that saw his worth, saw that he was bigger than basketball as far as that's not the only thing that you have to offer. And that which leads me into, uh, you know, figuring out, you know, what I wanted to do after basketball, which is, you know, working for Nike in their marketing department or in their basketball department. So that's what's up. And I can definitely yeah. attest to that, bro. As your best friend and talking to you almost every day, I've mm-hmm. definitely seen, I'm pretty sure you've seen it in me too. Like we're in, oh, that, yeah, we're in that stage of life where you're growing and, and you know, transforming into who you're going to be mm-hmm. um, in the next few years of your life. But uh, I can, I can definitely see the growth and uh, you know, we, we, we getting older and, and more mature. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, and, and, and you, you also said how you weren't really thinking much of, you know, what you wanted to do as a, for a career outside of sports coming into high school, I mean, coming into college. And I, mm-hmm. I think that that's one reason why we're, we, we agreed to uh, start this podcast in the first place. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, not everyone is going to be a one and done. Not everybody's going to be a four-year player and go to the league. It's, it's just not, it's just not, you know, possible. So, um, but that's not the end of the world, honestly. And, and there's so many things within the sports industry that you can pursue and be just as happy, um, you know, be just as, just as successful and honestly have more longevity and security on your, on your um, career. Like Jaren said earlier, mm-hmm. you know, you won, you won injury away from the end of your career. But um, why not, you know, strive to be like, you know, partnerships, director of partnerships for a team or, Direct, you know, head of, head of marketing for it, your favorite NBA team. You know, you 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 can still be around a sport basically, um, and 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 you know, be successful mm-hmm. and be happy without being on the court. Um, but for me, I, I kind of had that luxury. My my uncle, he works for the NBA, and he he's done that basically all all of my life. So I've grown up watching him. You know, do what he does. I've been able to go to, and you have too. Um, mm-hmm. Been able to go to different you know events with the NBA, whether that's the NBA draft uh, combine in Chicago or NBA lottery, or I've been able yes. to go to all-star games and draft and just seeing all the behind the scenes, you know, all the things that have to, you know, go, that have to happen to put on these, you know, productions. It's, it's just like, all it amazed me. And uh, during my time in high school, I mentioned before that there was time, there were times where I didn't know if I wanted to keep playing. Um, I think that during that span, from my freshman year to my junior year, into my junior year when I wasn't getting college looks, I kind of came to the realization that like the NBA, <laughs> being, being a player in the NBA just, just might not happen for me. So um, mm-hmm. I started to switch my gears and kind of think of, you know, things that I wanted to do within the NBA and um, having mm-hmm. more conversations with my uncle. So um, from that, you know, I knew that I wanted to follow his, follow his footsteps, but I didn't know exactly, you know, what area. Um, but as I've learned more, done my research, things of that nature, um, Post-grad, I plan on, you know, working within basketball operations, um, mm. specifically international basketball operations, and eventually work my way up to becoming an executive for uh, an NBA franchise, whether that's, you know, mm. the GM or the president of the team. Um, yeah, so that's those are my my, my post-grad plans. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited uh, to go on this journey with you as well, with us both, both entering the sports business world. It's, it's such a small world, you know, where we've been learning, we've been attending a lot of sports business, business panels during this whole quarantine. Um, honestly, a lot of opportunities 
happened with us for for us during this quarantine, uh, which will lead me into our next question. You know, what have what have you been doing during this quarantine? You know, what, what how have you been spending your time? Um, I mean, you 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 just hit it right there. A lot of a lot of personal development for me, whether it's reading. We've both been attending um, conferences, virtual conferences, uh, based around uh, the sports industry almost every week. Uh, working out, just trying, you know, I'm a retired athlete now, so I'm, I'm trying not to get that retired athlete body build. So I'm, I've been trying to, you know, uh, continue to work out. Um, I've been reaching out to people for informational interviews, um, just to learn more about what they do and, mm-hmm. you know, more opportunities within the sports industry. I've also been learning how to cook. <laughs> Before mm-hmm. quarantine, I've been like, I don't know the basics, you know, I've been still right. cooking like a college student. I'm, I'm starting to expand that. Um, and also just hanging out with family, you know, we don't get a lot of time as student athletes at home. So, you know, getting getting time to spend with my, you know, my family, my parents has been, it's been great. So, like you said, we've been attending sports business panels, uh, reaching out to people, reaching out to people that worked for Nike, currently work for Nike, trying to, you know, build connections, uh, you know, with Nike, learning as much as I can, reading. Uh, I've been, we, you know, we both read a lot, so it's kind of cool to read and you know be able to be like in a book club uh, with some of our other friends as well. Yep. Uh, self-reflecting a lot of self-reflecting. Mm, that's you know, I told myself that I wanted to come out of this quarantine with having so much accomplished, you know, and like Bryce said, we'll never have this much time. I mean, again, we'll never have this much time again. So you just have to make the most out of this time so that once everything goes back to normal, you will be so much farther ahead than the the average person that was maybe watching Netflix or, you know, just using the quarantine to really chill, relax, be unproductive, basically. I mean, and and, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. I Mm -hmm. I understand that, you know, like this is is a pandemic at the end of the day. You know, people – deal with things differently but um I was I was actually speaking to someone that actually works within the sports industry and he told me um he said uh you know, oh basically you know this pandemic is going to shape you know people's lives you know it's going to shape everyone's lives but mm-hmm. um only a few people will you know have a hand in and how and what that looks like because they're you mm-hmm. know actively working you know throughout mm-hmm. this pandemic to better themselves so to mm-hmm. me this is I know it's, it, it might sound terrible to say, but this this is because people are dying. But this is for me uh, a blessing in disguise. I've been able to like, self self reflect, <laughs> excuse <laughs> me, and, and continue to work on myself. And I, I honestly, I know for sure that both of us are better than we were two months ago, and and you know we're still building. So, and I mean, yep. Just to piggyback off that, you know, I was able to land an internship with the Around Twenty One. Yep. Um, great team over there. We got a lot of cool things coming out uh you know <laughs> i can't really talk about but uh i've i've, I've accepted an internship around 21 um and just just from being able to attend those sports business panels and like bryce said we've been doing our research we've been dedicating so much time to our career that it actually led me into an internship you know with around 21 which is a, a sports company that combines a functional art with sports uh and use it to you know express athletes can use it to express themselves athletes um and pretty much anyone i mean it's a lot of cool items a lot of stuff that you'll you'll see i'll be you know promoting it through my instagram pretty soon but yeah so this was uh this is a great first episode we just again wanted to give you guys some some background on who we were so you don't just think that we're just 
random people coming at you trying to right. give you advice on how to become a college athlete. We, we, we've, we've lived this. Um, and we, we know plenty of people that have in, in different areas. So, mm-hmm. and at different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, one, one segment that we, we want to definitely do on this, this podcast each time is a, is a motivational quote of the day. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Jaren, go ahead and, and, and kick that off. So, the quote of the day is, the greatest enemy to human achievement is the comfort zone. That's, that's uh, I mean, that, that goes without saying. I mean, we're talking about the quarantine. It's perfect timing. And people are in their comfort zone. And, you know, that's the that's the greatest enemy to human achievement. I mean, I, I can definitely attest to this and agree with this this quote. <laughs> I mean, it, it goes back to like what I talked about earlier, like the need to improve and just, you know, wanting to, you know, continue to improve uh, and, and evolve. I mean, once you once you get comfortable and stagnant, that's it. Like, I mean, you literally are progressing. And I think that one way we, we both stepped out of our comfort zone um, I don't think either one of us imagine talking in front of people. This mm-hmm. is our second time, you know, our second project doing it. And also reaching out to people with informational interviews. It could be small things that you, you know, um, you know, do to step out of your comfort zone and, and try to expand your, your experience and your, your skill set. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah, man, I, I love that one. I like that one a lot. Yep. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in to our first episode. We'll be back with our next guest soon. In the meantime, while you wait, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram and check out our website and blog.